This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. What is the world like today for the people who are frequently shocked, challenged and been at the forefront of changes that many see as outrageous? Are the rainbow people still changing their world for the better? I'm Malcolm Angus. Welcome to Outrageous, the program that investigates, supports and advocates for the rainbow people of New Zealand. Good day, listeners. Once again to Outrageous with Malcolm Angus, 105.4 FM. And my guest uh, who was on the show last week is Philip McKibben. Um, I'm talking to Philip at a distance because where are you, Philip? You're up in... I'm in Auckland. In Auckland, yes. Um, and Philip agreed to come on um, this show because, uh, well, I sent him an email asking him if would, and um, he said yes, which was wonderful. And the issue I wanted to get him to eventually focus on was an article that he submitted to the Guardian, online Guardian, in which he talked about us um, having love for the farmers. He said, I believe farmers deserve love. We should ensure farmers are supported and have access to the things they need, although I am critical of the protesters' requests. Um, Philip, um, I think that was a hook, if you like, on which to hang your article, but it certainly um, got me in and it got me thinking about you and what you were trying to say. So last week we discussed your early life and the influences that brought you to the point you are today. Um, you have written a number of articles about this topic, haven't you? Um, I saw that you'd actually written an article um, uh, which was a reflection on revolutionary love um, where um, Rabbi Michael Lerner generally invited, generously invited me to write an article for Tikkun, I don't know what Tikkun is, exploring the similarities and differences between our conceptions of loving politics. And so I, I read that and became even more interested in, in what you were thinking and doing. If you could again quickly explain to the listeners what you mean by the politics of love. Mm -hmm. Uh, so the politics of love is a vision of politics. Uh, it seeks to reimagine how we do politics. And, and what I mean by politics is not just what happens in Wellington, what the politicians do. I think of politics in a very broad way. So everything that we do, all of our interactions are political. Uh, so politics, to my mind, is very much like ethics. Everything that we do, everything that... Uh, impacts on other people or uh, relates to other people as political. Uh, and that's a very feminist idea as well. You know, the idea that uh, the personal is political, the idea that uh, so much of our lives is political. The politics of love uh, centres love in all of this. And what uh, I have been trying to demonstrate through my writing and, and, and speeches and so on is that... Uh, all of our politics can be loving, that this notion of love can underpin our entire politics uh, from how we interact with each other on a day-to-day -day basis to uh, what happens in the beehive, for example. 
Can and, can I just pause you there because um, I think the word itself is so overused. The word love is so overused that, mm-hmm. in a sense, it's lost a powerful meaning. And when I first read your article, um, and my pronunciation of Greek is is hopeless, but the first thing I did was think about the Greek word agape. Is it agape? You would know better than I would. Hmm. Uh, That's how I would pronounce it. Yep. And the Greeks had more than one word for love. We have, it seems, one word, which encompasses I love chocolate, I love going on a... um, a plane, and I love my partner, and I love my dog. This, to me, means that there is a missing message somewhere about what we mean by the politics or what you mean by the politics of love and what other people may mean by love. So love, I'm taking it, is and and in our first conversation, you talked about how it encompasses other words or other meanings. Um, and I think that needs somehow to be fleshed out a little bit by you because mm, in, your, in your writing you do talk about that um, the idea of love is all about others is widespread. It connects to another problematical concept, self-sacrifice or the idea that to be a good person one needs to surrenders, surrender one's own interests. So you've said in a way what you think uh, is the negative side of the perception of love or understanding of love in our communities. Mm. Yeah, yeah, there's so much, so much that can be said about love, and I think you're absolutely right in pointing out that when we typically use the word love, we can uh, use it to refer to so many different things. Uh, you know, for example, uh, when... I say to my partner, for example, I love you, uh, you know, I, I, I might be meaning something very different to what I mean when I say to my dad, I love you. Uh, when we talk about uh, love for family, for example, that's something that's uh, very different, uh, qualitatively different to, uh, for example, Christian love, the love that God has supposedly for his creation. Um, so there are, you know, and could go on. There are so many different ways of understanding love uh, and different ways of thinking about how we should make sense of that. So one one way of doing this, as you um, have mentioned, is to uh, think about uh, different cultural uh, understandings of love. So something that often happens when I talk to people about love, and, and you've brought this up as well, is, uh, you know, people will say, oh, well, you know, the Greeks had the Greeks had different words for love, and it's true they did. Uh, you know, all sorts. Uh, and my, I don't, I don't speak ancient Greek uh, or even modern Greek, but you know, philia, eros, etc., storge, uh, all of these different different understandings of love. And I think there is, um, as you point out, some value to be gained from looking back at those. I would, I am a little bit. Uh, suspicious of that approach that would say, you know, let's just go um, go back to the Greeks. They had it right. Uh, uh, similar to the notion that we should, you know, look at the um, 
the etymological origins of our words and find, you know, the ultimate truth about meaning and the and life, the universe, and everything in those. Um, you know, I think there is insight to be gained from from those forms of inquiry, but uh, I'm as interested or more interested in uh, thinking about different cultural understandings of love. So as I mentioned last week, uh, the Māori notion of aroha, which is a very expansive understanding of love, has hugely influenced the way that I think about love. Yeah, so uh, Bell Hooks uh, has had a... Uh, tremendous influence in the way on the way that I think about love. So she wrote a book called All About Love, New Visions, and she suggests that uh, you know we need new understandings of what love is. And she challenges a lot of our uh, preconceptions about love and also a lot of our cultural understandings about love. So when I think about love, I I think firstly we need to pick and choose between definitions. You know, we can't, if we're talking about the politics of love and if we are serious about uh, coming up with a a politics of love that, or an account of politics that is loving and that can work in tangible ways on our social relations, then we need to have a clear understanding of love. We can't just say, oh, well, it's whatever, you know, it's whatever anybody wants to mean. Uh, and I think the way that we need to develop that needs to be collaboratively. Uh, and through my reading and through my conversations with others, I have come to understand love as an orientation to the world. So it's a way of relating. Uh, and we can relate with love to ourselves, to each other, to non-human animals, uh, and to the, to the wider world, to the natural environment, and so on. Uh, and so, yeah, love is an orientation. That's how we direct ourselves, direct our our energy and our work. Am I right, and, and I'm sorry if I'm being very simplistic here, am I right in suggesting that if we start to look at the politics of love, we are looking at other ways of showing um, that meaning to, let's say, the farmers. If, if we use the word compassion and respect and understanding um, to define loving the farmers is. Am I getting it right, or am I just being stupid here? No, no, yeah, I, I, I think that meshes with my understanding of love definitely. Uh, so, yeah, the politics of love is, as I've mentioned, a values-based politics. So yes. it, it, it uses or uh, celebrates values like kindness, compassion, respect, understanding, tolerance, and so on. Uh, so I would understand uh, those words that you've mentioned as loving values, as being related to love. And they, um, would, they would be equally important in a one-to-one relationship. Well, yeah, I would say they would be very important. The reason I, the reason I like to use the word love is because uh, I think it's more powerful. I think it encompasses all of these things. Um, so, you know, something that I often think about is Jacinda Ardern's use of kindness. You know, she talks about how important it is for us to be kind to one another. And I always find myself thinking, yes, but, you know, yes, we need to be kind to each other, but kindness is a very interpersonal um, value and it's, you know, quite circumscribed, you know, so you can be kind to somebody who you might see on the bus and, you know, you... Um, 
share your, you know, you give them a mask if you have a spare one or whatever. whatever or you give up your be. seat or. Yeah. yeah. Um, <coughs> whereas love, I think, encompasses, you know, it encompasses kindness, but it's much more than kindness. It also encompasses all of these other values. And, and more than that, I think love can act on political systems in ways that kindness can't. So I think, for example, of figures like Martin Luther King Jr., who, uh, you know, always spoke about love, wrote about love, he gave sermons about love, and uh, very politically engaged. And, you know, he said, uh, for example, uh, talking about compassion, uh, that compassion is more than flicking a coin to a beggar. It's recognising that these structures that produce beggars uh, need to be uh, reworked, you know, they need to be um, destroyed and built, built you know, something else needs to be built in their place. And so I think about love uh, in that very deep sense. And, yeah, that's one of the reasons I, I refer to love. Another is that I think, you know, even though we understand it in different ways, all of us think that love is important in some ways. And I think there's there's value in that recognition that, yes, uh, love is the way. You know, all of us deep down know that, um, so it's just a case of working out what that looks like and how we operationalise that. And I guess we need to have experienced it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. To clearly Absolutely. understand the power of love. Mm-hmm. Um, have you uh, managed to get the ear of any politician on this? Yes, yes. There are a few politicians who are, who are um, very interested in, in the politics of love, Um who I'm in reasonably regular correspondence with. Um, so uh, both here in Aotearoa and in Australia as well. I, w- I won't uh, name them. No, I know. <laughs> that's why I, I didn't ask you to directly <laughs> or, or name a politician. Um, but I, I am interested in just how far your reach has extended um, to try and have the necessary impact on the the policies and laws and statutes that come out of parliament that come out of politicians minds and yeah. whether in fact you are making an impact or you can see an impact you can see a change happening you know i i, I think about because i've only been in this, in new zealand three and a half years i think about my life in australia and i was born in east africa and brought up in fiji and educated in scotland before i went to australia at the age of 18 by myself um but i was quite happy to leave australia um uh, just simply to get away from the awful politics that was happening at the time or the political behaviours or, or whatever you want to call it, the philosophies that were in place and are mostly still in place there where I don't think love has ever really come into it even though the um, Prime Minister of, uh, of Australia um, is an evangelical Christian. Um, so I just wondered... Are you making headway? Do you sense that the belief system you have is being grasped by others who are the, I guess, the decision makers over our lives? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I guess, and, you know, I 
I think about what impact I'm actually trying to have as well. Uh, you know, because I am a writer, my intention is to develop ideas and put them out there and, and you know, hopefully people pay attention to them and hopefully they contribute in whatever way to making the world a better place. But it's not like I'm actively, <laughs> you know, going out and knocking on politicians' doors. It's not like I'm, uh, you know, ever going to run for political office or anything like that. That's just not my intention. My intention is to develop ideas and put them out there. I do think I do think that that they are being accepted. You know, I've written a lot of articles and essays now, and I've, I've published a book in New York called Love Notes for a Politics of Love, which is a collection of um, articles, essays, and presentations on the politics of love. Is that book and, available in New Zealand? Uh, it is, yep. Um, you might just want to name it again. It's called Love Notes for a Politics of Love. And, mm. yeah, it is kind of hard to hard to find in New Zealand. My recommendation is, is always that uh, people try and order it online. Uh, I know that some New Zealand bookshops stock it, but it, it can be difficult to find. Um, you also but, have done and do public speaking, don't you? I do, yes. Um, do you do that around New Zealand or overseas? Where, where, If people were interested enough having heard you on this program, how would they track you down to see if they could hear you again in person? Well, my suggestion would be to go to my website, um, which is www.philip-mckibben.com. Um, and you might like to just spell McKibben, please. And, and Philip. So that's Philip with one L. <laughs> yep. uh, and McKibben is M-C-K-I-B-B-I-N. Um, so that's philip-mckibben.com. Uh, for anybody who might be listening who's uh, going to be or was in Auckland over the next few months, I'll be giving some uh, public talks on the politics of love uh, here in Auckland. Um, I am hoping to do uh, a little trip uh, throughout the country, uh, probably, hopefully towards the start of next year, where I'll be talking specifically about the politics of love. That is something that I intend to do. Um, yeah. But I did, but to come back to your question, I do think there has been, there has been interest in the politics of love. People who have read my books my book, the people who have read my articles do say to me, this is compelling, this makes sense. You know, I often hear people say I was sceptical at first, uh, but, you know, I think you present a really persuasive case. And, and you know, beyond that, I think worldwide, I mean, I think especially in the United States of America, there are other people who are, who are writing on similar topics. You know, they might not be using the phrase the politics of love, um, but they are arguing that, uh, political action, uh, whether it's activism or uh, whatever, uh, can involve love. Uh, and so I think there is this turn happening towards love. Um, yeah, and it's definitely, you know, much bigger thing than me or my work. I, well, that's encouraging for me. Um, I'm glad to hear that is how you're seeing it. Um, and, and I do reflect on on your comment about kindness, um, that the current government sees that kindness is, is necessary, but it isn't the same and it never will be the same. Um, perhaps you could push. 
our current government a little further towards love than just being kind. Um, if you had the you know the right um, ears listening to you, and maybe this program might help that. I don't know. Um, I do think that you also need to talk about your sense of that this love extends to um, non-human animals because that's part of your philosophy, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Um, just just on that point, I think, you know, I don't think that, that necessarily just aiming for the politicians is the only way that we're going to achieve change. I mean, if I, if I thought that, if I genuinely believed that, I probably would be running for office rather than writing or, or you know, writing in a very different way or for a very different audience. What I think, I think the change that needs to happen is we need to get more, you know, of us, the everyday people, you know, the people who aren't politicians, the rest of us, yes. uh, who, who hold the, you know, genuine power around, you know, uh, voting people in and, you know, determining how we run our businesses and how we, uh, act in our everyday lives. Um, you know, we need to get everybody thinking in terms of love. So, well, well I, I totally agree. One of the things I did with this radio program when it was called Outrageous Aging was to advocate for better care for the rainbow community in aged care because the discrimination that was going on was certainly not loving. Um, and uh, for my mind, transgender people going into aged care having a hell of a time. And um, it's in very few organisations in New Zealand where they are cared for and loved. Um, so, yes, it, it does extend over a huge uh, area of humankind and, and human differences. Um, and, and as I said, I've, I've also suggested that you have a great deal of concern about the way we treat animals. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of my, a lot of my writing has been around non-human animals. Yes, uh, and you know this relates to the to the article about farmers and farming that uh, that you brought up as well. Um, you know, worldwide, uh, but as much here in Aotearoa as anywhere else, uh, animals are treated appallingly. You know, uh, a few years ago, I was in Mexico uh, at a conference on uh, well, it was called Minding Animals, so it was mainly about mainly about animals, animal rights, and so on, and. You know, I remember during the keynote speech. You know, when I when I go overseas, which is not very often, or less often now, when I go overseas, you know, I'm usually quite proud to be in New Zealand. But you know, we have quite a good reputation. So, you know, I went to Mexico thinking, oh yeah, I'm going to meet all these people, and you know, it's going to be pretty, pretty, pretty good, easygoing, because you know, I'm a Kiwi people like Kiwis. Uh, but you know, during the keynote speaker, the one of the well, the the woman who was giving it, um, you know, gave this atrocious example from New Zealand of how we how we treat animals and I just found myself uh, shrinking in, in my seat because you know the way that we treat animals here is awful and there are all sorts of all sorts of examples and I think animal agriculture is one of the one of the areas in which it's especially bad um, but you can also look at um, sports like rodeo and gray and greyhound racing um, uh, research on animals uh, yeah all sorts of things. Pest control is another one that I have raged about and written about a lot because, you know, we're poisoning and trapping innocent creatures uh, who are here because we brought them here, you know, possums, stoats and rats. Uh, so, yeah, I think a lot about non-human animals and uh, how bad things are for them and how 
desperately we need to make this country a better place for them and how we can do that. And I see that as being integral to the politics of love. When I talk about love, when I mention love, people often immediately think about people. You know, they think about it in a humanist sort of sense. But I, I thoroughly challenge that view. I, I think we need to get beyond this idea of human supremacy, this idea that there is something about us as humans that makes us, that makes us special or, or better than, than other animals. And we need to recognize that we are sharing, sharing this world with them, uh, that they have as much of a right to be here as we do. And, and, you know, we need to find ways of being in loving relationship with them rather than uh, dominating them as we do now. Uh, and this seems to me to relate to all of the, all of the major challenges of our time. So it relates to the climate crisis, for example, because, you know, we're destroying the planet, uh, but it's not it's not just us who we're destroying it for. We aren't the only ones who have to uh, deal with the consequences. All of these animals do as well. Yes. Uh, and yeah. it also relates to relates to human social issues. So uh, racism, sexism, transphobia, etc., are all, in my view, premised on the notion that some of us are more important than others, that some of us have more value than others. And I see a parallel between the idea that uh, that. Uh, men, for example, are more important than women. Uh, there's a parallel to the idea that humans have more value than other animals. You know, it's a hierarchical structure that needs to be dismantled. Uh, and yeah, when we ignore animals, when we discount them in our thinking, we're making a huge mistake. Yep. And yeah, we can and should extend our love to them. On that note, and unfortunately on that note, because this has just led us into another um, conversation that I would love to continue with you, but we don't have the time, Philip. Um, but there is an Australian, or is it in a New Zealand phrase, about stirring the possum? I'm not sure you're aware of that. I haven't, I haven't come across that. It must be an Australian. <laughs> yes. I think you've stirred the possum um, in, in, in the final remarks. And stirring the possum simply means that you've awoken something um, that is, is now going to, um, I hope, raise other people's ideas, thoughts, thinking, um, provoke them perhaps to uh, rethink their own lives in what you've just been talking about. And, oh, I hope so. And so I thank you very much for the time that you have given me on Outrageous. And um, as I wrote to you, you, you will be and you are the perfect guest uh, for this program. So I'm so pleased that um, I've been able to introduce you to listeners down here who may never have heard of you. Um, I've only heard of you because I read the Guardian article. But um, you have enlightened me and you have interested me and I will become even more, I hope, aligned with your thinking the more I read what you write. So, Philip, thank you for joining me on Outrageous on OAI 105.4 FM. If you would like just to farewell the listeners and, again, encourage them to um, go to your website or perhaps wait for you to come south and if you're having some speaking engagements, uh, I would hope to be one of the first to book in for those. Thank you. Yeah, I've really appreciated having this this opportunity to talk. And 
Yeah, it's a shame that we've run out of time because I was going to read one of my poems if I had an opportunity, but uh, you can find... <laughs> well, I, I, I can always have you back again. Um, so it's, you know, we can do this again for another 26 minutes. Um, we can plan that. At the moment, I, I have no more studio time booked, but we can certainly plan that. And I would love to hear one of your poems, and I think you should read it on air. So if I can have you back, that would be great. That sounds good. But yeah, in the meantime, if anybody wants to wants to find out more about my writing, uh, my website, philip-mckibben.com, or just Google Philip McKibben and, and you'll find me. Philip, thank you so much for the contribution you are making to improving our world. And um, I wish you all the best with that. And if this program has helped you do that a, a little bit, then it, I'm pleased. So, listeners, you've been listening to Philip McKibben, uh, um, who has been studying philosophy and has brought his ideas together um, in, in an idea called The Politics of Love, um, which I found fascinating, and I hope you did too. So that's it today for Outrageous. Thank you so much, listeners. Malcolm Angus signing off. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.